0: starts right now. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. Tonight, Facebook soaring into the close and reports that the FTC has approved a $5 billion fine for the social media giant. Is the worst finally over for this stock? Plus, Johnson & Johnson not out of the woods yet, the DOJ launching a criminal probe into what the company knew about the cancer risk in its baby powder. We'll tell you why there could be more pain ahead. But first we start off with a Judgment Day for the markets. It was a record week on Wall Street, stocks soaring to all-time highs as earnings get ready to kick into full gear next week with the banks ready to report, but also names like Netflix, Microsoft, IBM all on deck. So will earnings season spark another leg of the rally or could it derail this market?
1: Guy Donnell. Well, I mean, here I'm going to say it's going to derail it because I, I've been obviously bearish. I think the markets roll all over incorrectly for, for quite some time. But for the life of me, I can't believe that earnings, you're going to be able to build momentum from what we've seen on the back of earnings, which at best is going to be tepid. We've seen the pre-announcements. And so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe guidance will be good. Maybe we'll get some surprises. But in my world, earnings can only disappoint given we're at all-time highs in the S&P. Can it hurt, though?
2: I think you just answered on the last I don't think it could hurt. Really? So, so yeah, because I, don't we all know what's going to happen? They're going to kitchen sink it, right?
3: I don't think kitchen sinks out there. Right. I, I, I,
2: well, they're going to blame I, it on they're going to blame it on trade. They're going to blame it on anything it. that you could imagine. And I think the earnings, the estimates have ratcheted in,
3: or the consensus have come in enough. They come in for the second could,
0: quarter, but not for third quarter back half of the year. second half of the items. year.
3: Two H, which which I think you know, for some people actually had, had been uh, started to be a place where they were, had been building some momentum. I look, I think for the banks. Um, I I actually don't think the banks of all the different sectors that they that are reporting, the banks obviously are the headline, but also I think the banks are the least likely to talk about pressures on their business relative to the others. In other words, banks have a core consumer lending business. They they certainly have uh, a net interest margin business. They have a capital markets business. In fact, if you think about what's been going on on Wall Street, you've had some volatility, you've had a great IPO calendar. I actually think that the capital markets business, the FIC business might be okay. So when when we look for reasons to, to be buying on earnings, I think banks typically, remember, we usually get, we've outperformed on Citi, we've outperformed on J.P. Morgan, and there have been reasons to buy those things in the first couple of days.
4: Yeah, you know, we have had a couple of banks who have actually already warned on FIC in second quarter. So that's kind of in the market right now. Um, you know, I just mentioned one thing. J.P. Morgan, I think we had a chartist on last night talking about the potential for a breakout. I mean, 120 is a massive, massive level for this thing. And I do believe that if it were to meaningfully break out on earnings that were better than expected, that may take a lot of the banks with it. I just want to make one point. If you go back to January 2018, the first when we had that all-time high, we had that ramp into q Four reporting season, Q4 of 2017. what happened in February? We flushed after that. Then we get, got back. We made a new high in October. You know what that was? That was Q3 reporting season. What did we do? We flushed last October, from a new high this past April. What did we have May? We had a horrible May. That came right after Q1 earnings season. So here we are. We're up 10 percent. We make new highs every day. And now people are discounting everything and really complacent. I'm just saying. But it is about
2: about the Fed. I I mean, we've learned this week it's about the Fed. But to Tim's point about net interest margins, that accounts for 50 percent of these bulge bracket banks revenue. I think you're going to make it up. You have IPO that were strong and you have mortgages. Um you have mortgages that are strong. Other than that it's the not a lot. The banks are
0: good, but some would argue that the banks don't necessarily set the tone for for a lot of the earnings season. I mean they're a good read through. You want to hear what they say about the economy. You want to say what they, hear what they say about global tensions and all that stuff. But in terms of how everything else trades after banks, I agree. They can can be
3: very. That's my point. I think actually banks are the ones that keep you the the most away from the fray. I actually want to hear what Jamie Dimon says about the economy. Mm -hmm. I think they have their finger on the pulse. Um, But but to Dan's point, look, you're at a place where you've got relative strength indicators on the Dow Jones that are you're over 80. You know, this is the highest it's been in terms of momentum for the overall market going, and let alone going into an earnings season since the famed Jan 26, 2018 blow off top. So, so you know, we are at a place where I, I do think that the market's move into earnings is as important as yes. the expectations people have.
0: Yeah. And what are we going to hear? What are we going to listen for in earnings?
3: It's interesting. Can I give you an interesting name on
0: Monday right off the, off not the bat? Not bad. Why are you asking? Bell. You're doing it.
1: Not. Sorry. Not bad. <laughs> You uh, before the After moment. the bell? And we never bring up this name. Maybe you do it on OA from time to time, which, by the way, I will be on in about a half hour. I can't wait. J.B. Hunt. Oh, after, I knew it. Oh, yeah. J.B. I, really I knew, because I was looking at the list J.B. before. Hunt I knew you were going Now, here's the stock. There was $130 stock last July. It's had a miserable year as most of the
0: truckers have exactly
1: and you wonder what they say because listen this is a bellwether stock for the i believe Mm -hmm. for the broader economy now you can say fedex is fedex specific maybe that's true but if jp hunt comes out and says some Lousy things makes you okay, really wonder where we're we all know Dan's about about what you
4: What have you been sleeping the last few weeks? We've been we doing don't. the Dow transports. <laughs> we've been saying the rails are killing it. Your the airlines, your airlines are, are doing well. The FedEx and the UPS are bad. But the, the truckers. Are, yeah, we, we got this, buddy. I mean, we got Look, it. Okay, you I go, gave
1: back you, a, go back to sleep. Specific name, um, though, Dan. <laughs> yeah. But we we we
2: we think that the economy is slowing, right? We we heard that from Jay Powell, right? We we've heard we that that the economy is slowing, so I'm not really sure what in the earnings is going to shock us. That's why I said I don't think it could hurt at this point, I think it could only help because that's why he's cutting rates. So if the economy is getting worse, that only bolsters the rate cut story.
4: Yeah, but I, I, listen, I, and, and I know some of you guys might agree with me. I, I actually don't think you can quote Jay Powell right now on on, on why he's doing what he's doing. I think they, the Fed has lost a tremendous amount of credibility, and I know guys going to say this Fed also, you know, throw it on the heap of. But the reasons why he's saying he's cutting rates are not the reasons why, you know. We just don't get it. He's got bullied into Could have this said thing. those reasons. No, but look at all the inflation ago. data we
3: saw t- you know just this week. I, look, general. I don't think it there's just- any surprise about where the economy is, okay? And, and where the macro is. Everybody knows that. I, I think, you know, go to a name like FedEx, which was up over three and a half percent today, the transports which were up two and a half percent today. That that tells you that people are reassessing a little bit about their positioning on these names. Right. I'm not telling you that anything's gonna be that great. I don't think you can. Yeah. Well, you know
4: what? But- FedEx got the Kramer bump. I mean, I think Jim did a big thing on it on that money last night, and it's actually good because when everybody wants to talk about things. Three consecutive downgrade, you know, uh, yeah. downward guidance, that sort of thing. It's, sometimes it's really nice for someone to say, "Hey, listen, this is the valuation of this thing. This is the opportunity set." Yes, the headlines have been bad, competitively, you know, global growth-wise, all that sort of stuff. But it's a cheap stock run by a very good management, um, and you know, it's better risk. rewarding. Be still buying looks terrible. In here it's only up four percent year. Except it's banging on the bottom right. and, and it's trying to put a bottom in. And, and, and I guess really one thing that's really important is that they're trying to be cautiously optimistic. So Mel, when you say, "What are we going to hear from management?" Over the next couple of weeks, they have to justify. They can't kitchen sink. There's no mulligans here with the stock market at all time highs. They kind of have to justify where they are, and they have to tell a good story, and they have to look out more than a quarter and say We've what it looks CEOs like. have seen
2: CEOs blame trade, though. Whenever they yep. are at a loss for anything, they're blaming trade, and I don't think this will be anything different than what we've seen. I think there,
0: there are going to be a lot of new in- nuances in this earnings season, though. I mean, when we got Fastenal and their earnings report came out, they blamed the China tariffs. They said they were able to pass on some price mm-hmm. increases to offset most of the impact from the tariffs. But they, they're, they're actually seeing inflation in raw materials themselves, so that price increase can't offset all of the – the rise that they're seeing because of tariffs plus actual inflation. So, if there is actual inflation, I mean, this is going to so educate us on how into, we think about the economy.
3: And it's going to, and, and, and how we think about companies, and how we think about their margins yes. in the second half. So, if you think about that CPI number that we had out yesterday, you were up four-tenths of a percent on core that was goods and services. So, you actually saw it higher in goods than you saw even the overall core. It actually is the first time, here we are saying we haven't seen any sign of, of, of inflation from tariffs, and you had it in CPI. So, I think companies need to start talking about it.
0: It's
1: interesting, we Started this morning, 6 a.m.
0: 6 a.m. We were right now. Squawk early. and Francis wow. dancing. All
3: over the map. All over bro. the map, bro. Don't
1: bro, <laughs> bro. me, bro. Nice. But it's interesting. <laughs> Hard hitting our interview with Peter Navarro. Yes. And you listen to him, he actually said something that was said a lot of interesting things, but mm-hmm. the China US talks called it a quiet period. Yes. Is that code for we we ain't talking? I mean, in or my we, world, we've got
0: nothing going we've got nothing on. Got
1: nothing going in your on, house, so Guy,
3: what's a, what's a quiet, quiet period? A quiet period is not <laughs> a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> typically not out. a good thing. You don't want to be in a okay. quiet you're period. you on period. But, the couch. But the again, my period. point
1: is, I don't think we're any closer to a deal now than we were six months ago. I think we might be further. And if, if you're banking on a rally getting uh, accelerated by this deal, I don't think it's coming.
0: Yeah. The dollar is also going to be a big issue. We've heard it from FedEx, from Nike, from a, lot, a few companies that have reported so far. Pepsi? It,
3: it, it, it will be. You know, The dollar was was had an interesting week as well because the minute the Fed started really reaffirming some things, you, you got some dollar weakness, but then we, we've had this turnaround in rates and yields, and you, you've had this sense that people are actually looking at this as, as possibly a, a stronger dollar environment. In fact, 112 against the euro, you're, you're actually seeing the dollar start to reassert itself. Frankly, the dollar's been a non-event. If you hear a company telling you that the dollar's impacted their last three to six months, it's it's hard for me to see that because mm. FX news. Um, should really be, you know, dollar flat over six months.
0: Which company are you looking at next week? Um, well, we're going to talk Netflix
4: on the OA with
0: Guy. Um, right. You know,
4: I, I listen, I think the banks are really important. And I know that you just made the point, Mel, that they don't always set the same tone for the rest of the um, economy. But remember here, they are the lifeblood of the economy. And if you do believe that things are slowing and that the, the economy in the second half is going to have a worse time than it had in the first half, you really want to hear what they have to say. And I just go back to the regional the regional banks, the KRE, that index. It just Worst going. chart you've ever seen? Well, it's Possible? one of the worst charts I've world. ever seen. Okay, in the it's world. Just, when you think about the S&P makes new highs every day and you look at just JP Morgan, the best of breed, looking to finally break out of this prior double top, and the KRE can't get going. That's why I think the money center banks and how they react to their earnings are going to be very important next week.
0: Coming up, Netflix, one of the big names reporting next week. As we had mentioned, the stock is up 40% this year. One trader thinks new highs are ahead, plus healthcare sinking 2% today as the DOJ launches a criminal probe into Johnson & Johnson. We'll tell you what it means for the stock. And later, a CNBC special investigation. I will take you inside the $70 billion black market for cannabis. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more fast money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money Reports, saying the Federal Trade Commission has slapped Facebook with a $5 billion settlement over the company's Cambridge Analytica scandal in 2018, the largest fine ever imposed by the FTC against a tech company. The stock jumping into the close as it looks like the company dodged an even heftier fine. So is the worst over for Facebook, Tim?
3: Well, some some might say this is a five billion dollar slap on the wrist. Now, this this was actually at the high end of all expectations. This was not a number that that, that was early on part of uh, you know kind of the whisper numbers. Um, so we, we we've talked about Facebook needing to to basically appeal to to Washington and and throw themselves accountable. Um, the bigger issue for me is really. how how can Facebook begin to measure the cost of their overall business from security and and, and from programming? And and, so far, it's been proven to be less about sentiment towards the company. Um, But I I think this has to be seen as a victory. Well, no, I I mean, maybe. But like, you know, back
4: in June 3rd, remember when Facebook was trading 180 and two trading days, it went to 160 because the DOJ and the FTC were going to divide up the mega caps, the magas, and and see what they're going to investigate. And at least that's what was being reported at the time. And that stock went flushed down. I don't there's no reason but to isn't believe, this a settlement? There's no f- reason to believe that this settlement has to do with that. That was anti-monopolistic mon- sort of practices. This is for the, the misuse of data that you know goes back years. So to me, I think it's really hard to take a 401 headline for the Wall Street Journal and, and
2: paint it with a broad brush that this is it. It definitely spiked up based on, quote-unquote, closure. But it did spike to overbought status on a relative strength indicator. It's already up 56%. And now it has another target on its back with crypto. So I think they got a lot of stuff behind them and they have a new target in front of them. So I would say sell on the strength. At
0: the very least, it's the FTC is off their back for now.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's probably, well, I shouldn't say that, but they're probably laughing all the way. They're saying, and Kristen Swalinski, one of our crack
0: producers, producers yeah, she I said, see. you know, isn't it Spell just the it. cost
1: of doing business? And she's in my ear, and she's right. It's the cost of doing business for them. But to Steve's point, I mean, they had the president coming down on these guys, you had Mark Cuban coming down on these guys, you had this headline, stock closes up almost 2%. And I'll say it again, I, I don't want to lie, I Do not want to like Facebook. I still think it's going to test that high we saw last July of 224. The head
0: of Libra's going to the Hill next week. But I think the
4: Libra so. thing is really important because when yeah. you think about this started coming back from that 165 level once the, the Libra stuff started trickling out over the last month and a half or so, and you have to ask yourself what is in it for that. Um, you know, that's something that is not going to be in their earnings or anything for a very, very long time. So as you get to July 24th when these guys report their Q2 and they give guidance, I mean, how much of this move, 25% or 30% since early June has to do with Libra, and I don't think you want to own it for that right now.
0: Alright, I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in Business Worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast.
1: I just love television so much. We all do. Yes, that's true. And a record number of people are binging on Netflix. We'll tell you what it means for the stock as the streaming giant gets ready to report earnings. Plus weed killers will take you inside the 70 billion dollar black market that's crippling the legal cannabis business our special report is next there's much more fast money after this
2: canva presents unexplained appearances it was an ordinary workday until
3: that presentation
0: appeared out of thin air
2: also it's eerily on brand
0: Welcome back to Fast Money. A big buzzkill today for Johnson & Johnson falling 4% after the Justice Department revealed it was pursuing a criminal investigation into the company for possibly lying about the cancer risks associated with its talcum powder. The stock dragging down the rest of the healthcare space today, capping off an eventful week where Trump also pulled a key proposal aimed at eliminating rebates for drugs. Healthcare is still the worst performing sector this year, but could things get even worse for this group, Dan?
4: You know, it's funny. We were just talking about Facebook. We were just talking mm-hmm. about FTC settlement, and it's kind of really hard to know when things are out of the way. I think Johnson & Johnson, a really good example, back in December when that stock was at an all-time high and flushed on when the uh, news of this start, started happening. It's really kept a lid on this stock. This is a $350 billion market cap company, and I think it's really important to remember that stocks do have single-stock risk. You know, right now, I think we are pretty complacent thinking about the S&P going to all-time highs, but, Tim, you flagged it last night with some of these pharma names. You had Lilly at a level. I think you said one time, it was 105 this morning on the opening. You know, So some of these groups that don't have a lot of support right now are underperforming the market. I think there's risk to them.
3: Well, when Johnson & Johnson had that flush, again, it was also another one of those surprises that the market wasn't expecting. This was a period when actually markets didn't need another uh, stalwart and, and certainly a backstop stock to fall out of bed. I, I do think this about Johnson & Johnson. Relative to its peers and relative to the multiple that they get uh, on their pharma business, effectively, uh, I think it trades quite cheap. And I I think they have more growth than their peers. I think when you look at the diversification of this conglomerate, um, there's, there's other places for these guys to mitigate this. I, ultimately, I, I think you have an opportunity here. You don't have it today. It's clear that there's still, you know, you know a lot of regulatory risk. But I, this, this company is, again, one of the best of breed. And I, I don't think you run terribly far. There, there's very few things that are bipartisan today
2: in, in Congress and in D.C., Bipartisan is the hate for health care and anything about it. So you intro the segment with it's underperformed. Where do you go? Biotech is underperformed. HMOs have underperformed. The rebate chase. All these names have underperformed.
1: I think you stay away from it. July 16th, which I believe is Monday, or t- is it Tuesday? That's when Johnson Johnson reports. Mm. And Dan is looking at a chart because I have eagle eyes. I was very good at looking over my my partner's shoulder in the high yes. school yeah, we remember. to get answers. And that 148 level that Dan's looking at was a high back in January of 18, December of 2019. Major double tops. They report this stock probably has that 124 level, which bottomed out June of this year right in the crosshairs.
0: All right, well, going from buzzkill to getting a little buzz, the Mm. booming pot industry has taken investors in the country by storm, but unlicensed cannabis dispensaries are a growing threat to legal sales. CNBC investigated how the black market dispensaries are crippling the industry. It's a weekday afternoon in Los Angeles. The epicenter of cannabis in the United States. This busy dispensary is open for business. Hi. But if everything looks normal, it isn't. This is, in fact, an unlicensed, illegal dispensary, part of the booming black market in California and around the country. It's what the cannabis industry says could be the biggest threat to sky-high expected revenues. Case in point, California. Early projections of more than $1 billion in annual cannabis tax receipts in 2018 are far from the $345 million collected. That's in large part because the illegal market can easily undercut the costs of running licensed dispensaries. It's not hard to see how.
3: You guys ready? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. All right. Go.
0: A team of CNBC producers equipped with hidden cameras visited 10 illegal dispensaries throughout L.A., most aren't hard to find, and they're open day and night. This is exactly why legal store owners like Cameron Wald, executive vice president of Project Cannabis, is outraged at how bold the black market has become. We're facing, especially in California and, and L.A. specifically, an illicit market that is
3: extremely strong. We're outnumbered three to one um, illicit operator to legal operator. So. You know, we have outrageous price compression that we have to see at our
0: stores. How much easier do you think it is to operate as an illegal dispensary compared to what you go through?
3: It's a lot easier. They have no compliance standards. They had no permitting process. They had no documentation, no no legal process that they had to go through. So
0: they're breaking the law, potentially threatening the health of consumers, and they're threatening your business. Correct. And they're doing this in plain sight? In plain sight. We should note that our producers did not buy anything from the illegal dispensaries, which didn't respond to our repeated requests for comment. There are 186 licensed dispensaries in L.A. with more than 250 illegal ones, according to authorities, but no one knows the exact number. For more on this story, you can head on over to CNBC.com. But at the heart of this, Tim, is is the assumption that when, when there are all these forecasts being made, that there is a belief that these black market dollars will be converted into legal dollars and if that capture isn't hundred percent those forecasts Maybe off.
3: Yeah. Look. So, so the the, the total market, both uh, legal and illicit, globally is probably about 450 billion. But get back to the United States and get back to uh, Section 280E, which is a, essentially a tax code issue with the IRS, which means that legal dispensaries um, are not able to deduct standard, you know, cost of sales and goods sold. They they can't make money. They can't be profitable. Uh, and they've been put in such a bad position. So if you think about uh, the dynamics between, also, look, it's the best of both worlds for the for the illicit trade. You think think of the perception trade. Think about actually the the possession laws that have actually gotten to, no one really cares about cannabis anymore. In other words, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to have it. It's not illegal to smoke it. So suddenly these, you know, these forces really have a, a broader market, and, and yet they don't have the cost. So this is one of the big issues. The taxation itself, though, is one of the things that's driving mm-hmm. prices higher and yes. driving the consumer to elicit. So it's it's coming from both sides. And it's, it's you know, for, for the legal business that wants regulation and, and actually wants to deliver mm-hmm. and is delivering a safer product, this is a big deal.
0: In California, there are three taxes that dispensaries must pay account- cannabis tax, an excise tax, and a sales tax, and all that plus licensing and testing fees, et cetera, um, that allows the illegal dispensaries to charge about 40 percent less than legal dispensaries. The question, though, is do you know what you're getting? Because the city attorney launched investigations, they tested some product, and they found in one case at least uh, a pesticide that's used on golf courses to make the grass greener on this weed. So, so, we so don't I watched know a little bit getting.
2: of your of your piece already. It sounds like they are cracking down. It sounds like ultimately they are going to get to that end case, and we're going and to know what the real market is. So it's if there is a thousand dollar
0: fine, Grasso, a thousand dollars is the max penalty on these. Ask
2: guy for a thousand right now. Bang, uh, what,
0: what? Final trade time, Tim. <laughs> so at the risk of talking
3: about an ancillary industry, let's go to Domino's and who reports next week. And actually, I think DPZ continues to have the growth on the international market that you want to see right now.
2: Steve, GE been forming a base. I'm going to go back. Back to that well one scan. GE final trade. Dan? Yeah, yeah, Netflix, stick around.
1: We'll talk about how to play it in no way Gee. I can't wait for OA, yeah. well no, I didn't know it's it was gonna coming. be on OA until earlier today. Carter, Carter is sick, he's probably watching. I so hope he feels we should better. Better. I hope Carter feels better. all right Carter. If rates are going higher stealthily, prudential and earnings on the 31st.
0: That does it for us. See you back here Monday. Don't move. Options actions up right after this.